what happens is, is people will restrict, restrict, restrict the Halloween candy. And then when the time comes, they're fucking eat the whole bag. Right. Yeah. And then literally the cycle continues until December throughout Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that stuff. And really like learning how to incorporate those foods. So they're not on a pedestal anymore, because when you think that they're bad, you're like, I can't have it. I can't have it. It's bad. It's bad. Then you want it even more. But if you're continuously letting yourself have it because you know it's okay, it doesn't become so up here on a pedestal anymore. Before you know it, you're not even going to want it. I have a healthy relationship with food. I don't go crazy on Halloween candy because I have practiced this exposure therapy. I know I can have candy at any time if I want it. I don't binge out on Halloween candy because I allow myself this shit. It's always in the house. Yeah. I don't care anymore. It doesn't bother me. But for some people, they can't have it around because they say they can't. They can't stop. I can't, can't. But we have to reframe that as well. You can. Welcome to Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt, the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Are you ready to cut the crap with your diet and exercise, get strong as fuck and build a healthy relationship with food? Then you've come to the right place. Let's Let's go. If you'd like to support us in the podcast, join our Patreon where you get exclusive content, which consists of monthly workouts you can do at home or at the gym, monthly challenges that are either strength, habit, or mindset-based, and access to over 100-plus low-calorie, high-protein, family-friendly meals. These are all designed by a professional chef who is certified in nutrition. These recipes are already in my fitness pal for easy fucking tracking. New recipes are also added each week. We believe that fitness is for everyone, so this is our way of getting you started on your health and fitness journey at a price most everyone can afford. So what the fuck are you waiting for? We'll see you in the Patreon. All right, Beth, we are back. What's up? We are answering your anonymous Q&A questions. We got a ton of them from last week. Yep. A lot of them. We we had to make it a part dose. This is turning to be into a pretty, pretty successful thing. So maybe we do more of these episodes where we just... Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah. Answer your fucking questions. We are here to help. So let's not waste any time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's get into this. Um, Okay. Let's do it. You want to go first? I will go first this time because I think you went first last time. So Mm -hmm. this message says, what advice do you have for how to adjust your diet when moving from a deficit into maintenance? And this is a really good Mm. question. And we're actually going to be talking about, we'll probably be doing a whole episode on maintenance here soon, actually. But um, yeah my advice has changed on this. I used to be of the mindset of like, we got to slowly reverse you out of a calorie deficit. Mm -hmm. My mindset and stance has changed on that. We want to get you out of the deficit as quickly as possible, get you back to maintenance as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, So hopefully if you've been in a deficit, you have an idea of what your maintenance level calories are. Okay. So maintenance level calories is just how many calories it takes to maintain your body, body mass. You should have calculated your calorie deficit off of that. So you have an idea of what that's like. So bump your calories up over the course of like a week, get, get, get right back to it and then get back to maintenance is, is, what, is what the advice is. So if you're currently eating 1500 calories, let's say your maintenance is 2000 calories, right? Add those 500 calories back in as quickly as you can over the course of a week or two. That's yeah. that, that would be my advice. Yep. And we talked about that with um, Alan Aragon too. Straight from 15 to 2000, right? Is what, is what my understanding is. The only reason people would add slowly, which is whatever, that reverse dieting is such an overused term, is just to, for your own mental. Yeah. uh, About the scale. But you you don't have to do that. The scale is going to go up either way, you guys. Your maintenance, your weight loss weight that you are at when you, and your diet is not going to be your maintenance weight. It's going to fluctuate three to five pounds all the time. So you have to get used to that. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. That doesn't, no. 
That doesn't mean that dieting doesn't work. That doesn't mean that fat loss fails. Okay. Yeah. It's normal because you're eating more food. You're, you're bringing in more water. Okay. It's normal. It's normal. Right. So get in a calorie deficit and get the fuck out as fast as you can and get back yes. to as fast as you can. Yep. All, All right. right. Are you a dog, cat, or chicken person? <laughs> I have to say, I'm a dog. Chicken person. is a weird one to throw in there. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dog. I'm a dog all the way. My husband loves cats. He has two cats. I have a dog. Uh-huh. Okay. So I have two cats with him. He has a dog with me. That's funny. <laughs> but I'm it. ultimately a dog person. Same. I am a dog person. I just cats don't do it for me. They they don't need us. They don't. They don't. They don't yeah. show us any affections. They they will. They might, but I don't know. Yeah. I just like dogs. They're fun. I, I'm a dog person too. I, I can't can take my cat hiking with me. I can take no. a dog hiking with me though. Yeah. I agree. All right. Next one. This is a long one. I pre-plan my meals every day, but by the end of the day, I eat everything I pre-planned plus more. I can never seem to be at my calories for the day, always over. My weight is 220 pounds and tired of losing and regaining the same 10 to 20 pounds all the time. I'm trying to eat around 1800 calories, 108 grams of protein. Good information here. Just a quick thought here. So you're pre-planning all of your meals. Does that mean, I'm assuming that means they're they're meal prepping all of their meals. I think mm-hmm. they're being too restrictive with their meal planning. And so she's pre-planning, yeah. but she's always going over her calories. Yeah. So perhaps what's happening is um, the night before she's like, okay, this is what I'm going to eat tomorrow. And then she has all of her meals planned. She puts them into my fitness pal. And then she's like, okay, cool. These numbers work out. But then when she gets into it and start you know, moving throughout the day, it doesn't add up. So she's not sticking with the plan then essentially is, is, is kind of my takeaway from this. She's not sticking with the plan she made for herself. Is it, what would you say is your interpretation? My first instinct is maybe she's trying to eat too clean during the day. And then at at night she, maybe your meals are not satisfying enough. This is, Mm -hmm. I see this a lot and I've been talking about it very frequently. in, In fact, yeah, maybe you're snacking too much. Your meals aren't big enough and therefore it's hard to stick to your calories because that, mm-hmm. or you're not eating breakfast. Breakfast really does set you up for the entire fucking day. If you have a huge ass breakfast and a really big lunch. You're not going to overeat at night. Yeah. And just because you're planning, like, are you really planning? Like, or like Matt said, are you just inputting things in the apps thinking that you're going to eat it, but then the next day comes and you don't, um, mm-hmm. that's a little half planning. Yeah, it's, I appreciate the effort and I, I can't, I, I don't want to make too many assumptions as, as to what's yeah. actually going on here, but we only know what we know. Right. And that's our advice there. And Beth says something about snacking too. Snacking isn't necessary, mandatory. No. You know, it can be helpful for sure to get more mm-hmm. protein. That's how I like to get snacks in for protein. Yeah. But if you're eating a fucking nutritious, hearty meal, like you should be, you're not going to be hungry for snacks. You shouldn't no. be hungry every two hours, three hours. If you're hungry every couple of hours, your meals. You're sucks. not eating enough. Yeah. Yeah. And your snacks are probably taking you over your calories because you didn't have actual full meal like you should have. Yeah. So some advice then we can give you um, to help you with that society and building better meals, build your meals around protein, you know, Mm -hmm. 30 to 40 grams of protein or roughly the size of your open palm and get plenty of fiber in there too. Protein and fiber are super satiating. If your meals are lacking substance and you're not satisfied from them, then you're not eating enough protein and fiber. I can promise you that. You're eating too many carbs. Carbs aren't bad, but if you're eating just nothing but carbs, you're not going to be satisfied. Not going to be full. Yeah. 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 Agree. So balance, guys. Balance. Start there. Mm -hmm. All right. You're up, Beth. All right. Mm -hmm. I can continue on with that question. I can go like down a portal hole and I just, we need to, you know. (laughs) All right. If I do a four day split with two days 
each upper and lower, does it matter what order I go in? I usually do upper body Monday and Thursday and lower Tuesday, Friday. That sounds great. Perfect. Doesn't matter. Yeah. That Doesn't sounds matter. really good. Yeah. I think you're good split. Well done. That is, that's good. That's something we do something similar with our Patreon workouts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how it's split up. Um, we have, th- we have three day workouts on the, on the Patreon workout plan with a fourth optional day. Um, mm-hmm. so it's like upper body, lower body, and then a full body, or we can also do upper body, lower body. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I do the same thing Monday, Tuesday. I do a lower Monday, upper Tuesday, Wednesday off, and then lower and upper. There you go. So and yeah. I've been doing three days a week the last couple of weeks as I've been recovering from my injury and the, mm-hmm. I'm doing four days this week for the first time. And I'm excited. I'm excited. Nice. It's feeling really good. So good. Up that capacity. There you go. All right. Your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. I just recently started weightlifting program. I measured and weighed myself after three weeks. The weight is the same, but I have lost one inch off of my biceps. I had to remeasure twice to make sure it was right. Is it possible? I am adding muscle that quickly on my arms. Okay. So you measured and weighed yourself after three weeks. The weight is the same, but you have lost one inch off your biceps. Well, that's interesting. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily equate losing an inch off your biceps to building muscle there, but what's probably happened is you've probably lost some fat. You probably have some fat over your biceps, right? That's a, that's a pretty common place for people to store fat. Um, and you've lost fat. So you've lost that inch of fat, but it is possible to build muscle that quickly because you said you just recently started a weightlifting program, Mm -hmm. which means you're Mm -hmm. new. So you're in a sweet spot. You've got those newbie gains. You can put a lot of muscle on really quickly when you first, if if you've never uh, lifted weights before. Yeah. It is possible that you're adding muscle that quickly on your arms. Sure. Yeah. I'd like to ask, did she measure anything else? Oh yeah. Of course. How did I miss that? I hope you're not just measuring your your biceps. Right. You got to measure your hips, your waist, um, your inner part of your thighs, your chest. Chest. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Seriously hating how easily I gain weight and I'm tired of watching my calories. No question. Just sad and frustrated and hating my body. Oh, that's a heavy one. That is heavy. When When I hear seriously hating how easily I gain weight and I'm tired of watching my calories. Okay. Mm, there's a lot here. There is. First of all, what is this with the this hatred for your body? What? Mm-hmm. Why are we hating our body? Okay. This is your body. You only get one of them. Right. Why are you going to spend your life hating your fucking body? What good has hating your body done mm-hmm. for you up to this point? Have you ever tried loving your body? Yeah. Treating your body with care and respect. Loving yourself to health. Loving yourself to health. You don't hate yourself to health. That's right. stupid. You don't hate your partner into loving them. Right. Right. And and I would always, I would also say maybe you need to stop focusing on so much on weight, but it seems like if you're talking about you gain weight so easily, right. What, what's going on in your life? Apparently you're doing things that are making you not like yourself too much. So what is something that you could do to start loving yourself? Maybe that would be to focus on getting more sleep or, you know, doing a form of exercise that is makes you feel good because it, it really is about getting healthy and doing this for your health ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so if you're hating yourself to health, there's something going on there, or you're maybe emotionally eating where um, you have something going on that you're using food as a means to cope. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to unpack there. And I'm sorry that you feel this way. I think just maybe finding something. There's a better way to, Yeah loving yourself to health rather than hating yourself. We um, need to stop this narrative of trying to be as small as possible. Yeah. Strong, strong is the new skinny. Okay. Guess what happens? Like so many fucking crazy things happen when you focus on performance and getting stronger mm-hmm. rather than being as small as possible. We just talked about this 
with um, the ladies from the F word, Sam and Taylor, right? How they transitioned from trying to be as skinny as possible and and lose as much weight as possible and light as possible to being strong in the gym and in real Mm -hmm. life. And their mindset is healthier for it. Their health is better for it. So they're, they, I mean, you can ask them, I'm not going to judge their appearance, but I feel like they probably think they love their body even more now that they're stronger and, and we're and focusing on their performance. You know, we need to do things that, that are good for our body that feel yeah. good. And a lot of things that feel good aren't actually good for us. You know, it's, we need to separate the, the instant feel good of like coping with food or drugs or alcohol in that moment. Of course, those things feel good in the moment, but in the long term, we know they're not good. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Tough okay. one. Tough question there. Here's, here's one for me. The weirdest thing you've ever eaten. So kind of along the same lines as you got that w- one question earlier. Mm-hmm. And the first, <laughs> I was going to make a really stupid joke. Like, oh, it's ass. But <laughs> <laughs> sorry, for, sorry if that just offended you. But, uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, uh, stupid joke oh, aside. Oh, shit. That's hilarious. We covered this in part one. I guess. I guess if the the weirdest thing would be the the goldfish that I've eaten. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. What about you, Beth? What's the weirdest thing you've eaten? Alligator. Alligator. Okay. Did you like it? Did you like alligator? It was fucking chewy. Yeah, it's gamey. Yeah. It's like, it's like chicken, but more rubbery. Yeah. yeah. Alligator frog legs and uh, rattlesnake. I think would be the weirdest shit I've eaten. Oh, I've never. Had, I've never had. Probably never. Never eat that again. Gotcha. It's yeah. funny. So like people like textures and things like that get really weirded out about textures. So one thing that I love and that I've done a lot of like oyster shooters, have you ever done vodka oh. oyster shooters? <laughs> oh, fucking, that's like snot. Yeah. I yeah. I love yeah. them. I love them. And mm. uh, we went on a trip in uh, November to Florida last year with, with a group of friends. And my one friend that I travel a lot with, her name is Brittany. She travels the world. She's a world traveler. She's tried all these amazing foods from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And she had never done a vodka oyster shooter. So I was like, ooh, I'm taking pride in the fact that I've done something that she hasn't. And Uh I got her to do them. And she was terrified, mortified of it. It's like, this is the worst thing ever. Why would you make me do it? It's disgusting. (laughs) A lot of people would say that's the weirdest thing. I don't think that's weird. So everybody's definition of weird is different. So yeah. All right. You're up. All right. This is a good one. I'm trying to break out of diet culture and focus on more than just the number on the scale. It's hard. But someone said to me recently that eating in a calorie deficit is still diet culture. Help me differentiate this, please. Thank you. Eating in a calorie fucking deficit is not diet culture. Oh, my fucking God. This reminds me. This reminds me of the video Uh, yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, um, if you guys don't know what we're talking about, we're we've been going going at it with this one registered item. Oh my fucking god. And it could be around that, you know, maybe it is hers because eating in a calorie deficit is not diet culture. It's literally the mechanism in, in which your body goes into in order to lose fat. It the is science. behind you going into a calorie deficit could be diet culture. Right. But it's not inherently diet culture. It's a fucking no. mechanism. It happens whether we like it or not sometimes. Okay. If you've yeah. lost fat, whether it was intentional or not, you are in a calorie deficit. Mm-hmm. What the fuck yeah. is diet culture about the way our body works? Right. It's a, it's, it's the mechanism. It's energy. That's like saying that you hate a ruler because it measures inches. <laughs> I hate my checkbook because it measures my money in and money out. Are you? Yeah. Stupid? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So I hate, I hate uh, my, my gas gauge on my car because it tells me how much gas I have left, how much right. gas I have. You see how stupid that is. Yeah. The same thing. Okay. The calorie mm-hmm. deficit, you can do it on purpose. You can do it with, with tracking, without tracking calories. 
I think a lot of people yeah. associate calorie deficits with, with counting calories, but those people are just ignorant as fuck because, yeah. and I'm talking about coaches. I'm not, I'm not talking about you, um, Joe Schmo, that's listening to this. You, right. just you just have been taught wrong. Calorie deficit is not calorie counting. You can right. get into a calorie deficit without counting calories. I did it. I've done it mm -hmm. plenty of times. I did it earlier this year. I prepared for my powerlifting meet. You guys probably heard this already on the on the on the show, but I lost what eleven pounds in eight weeks without mm -hmm. tracking a single fucking calorie by eating yeah. mindfully, portion yeah. control, getting protein, getting fiber, movement. Okay, was that mm -hmm. diet culture? Because I was just eating in a way that I enjoyed and I was fucking doing things that I loved. Please, right. somebody tell me. Was that diet culture, me being in a calorie deficit and loving my life and doing something to improve my health? What, what yeah. was diet culture about being in that calorie deficit? Please, right. somebody tell me. They yeah. can't answer that question. Every time we answer, we ask this question to somebody that tells you that that, that um, calorie deficits are diet culture, they just, oh, well, calorie counting. Oh, hold on. Who, who said anything about calorie counting? We're right. talking about calorie deficit. You're talking about a method, a tool. We're talking about a human biological process, a fucking mechanism. Right. That happens yeah. whether or not you like it sometimes. Yeah. You bring in less energy than you burn, you're in a calorie deficit. You bring in mm -hmm. more calories than you burn, you're in a caloric surplus. You bring in roughly the same amount, you're in calorie maintenance. Yeah. Let's call it what it is. It's intuitive eating, right? Let's talk about this really quickly, not to mm -hmm. get off subject too much. When you're an intuitive eater, one of three things can happen. You can gain weight, your butt, your weight can stay the same. Okay. And you can lose weight. Now, Intuitive eating is not for weight loss, but that can happen when you become an intuitive eater. Okay. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that when you lost that weight doing intuitive eating, that, that intuitive eating is diet culture with that logic, right. you would say, yeah, but we yeah. know because we're smart that that's not the case. Yeah. Use some fucking logic, yeah. common sense. Yeah. Sorry. That was a tirade there, but this one, this is a, su a subject that's been really bothering us for the last mm -hmm. time. Yeah. You're good. All right. Was that your question or mine? Yes, that was mine. Okay. I got this question twice in a couple of days, actually. The question was, am I single? And my answer to that will be, I am 100% unavailable in every capacity that you could ask for in a, in a romantic relationship. I'm unavailable for a relationship. I will put it at that. And I'm not going to shy away from that question, but that's where I am. There you go. Yeah. All right. We're all about honesty here. We are. No fucking bullshit. <laughs> um, okay. What are your honest thoughts about the term cheat meal? I think it is a bullshit thing personally. Yeah, you're right. It is bullshit. Yep. Cheat you're, meals are bullshit. You're, what are you cheating on? Your, your fucking food? Your spouse? That's cheating. I mean, yeah. I hate the term cheat meal. I really do. It's, it's negative. If your diet is balanced, like we talk about, and you're allowing yourself to have your favorite foods, and you understand that these foods aren't bad for you independently, there's no reason to cheat. Cheat yeah. implies guilt. And we're all about having a healthy relationship with food. Cheating is a mm -hmm. bad thing. Okay. Right. We can all agree. Cheating is bad. How yep. is eating pizza bad? Okay. Tell me about right? it. Please. How is that bad? Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not. It is not. It's That's not. actually all my questions and messages have been answered. So you got a lot more than me. Oh, shit. I got like 20 more. <laughs> Fucking rock and roll. Um, who do you miss the most? Interesting. Captain Cassim. I, 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 I miss my dad. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I haven't seen him in 30 plus years. He's been sure. passed away since I was 17 years old. So yeah, I guess I would miss him the most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I miss my, my opa and my grandma. Aw. 
greatly. Yeah. I think yeah. about it a lot actually with both of them. Do you? They both passed away. Were they married together or this? They were married together. They were separate spouses. Um, My dad's side of the family was my opa and then my grandma was my mom's side of the family. And both of their spouses, uh, you know, they've been both remarried a couple of times Mm -hmm. and and things like that. It's a bitch. They both passed away before I really became the person that I am today. And that really makes me sad. Yeah. Um, And that's something my mom says all the time is like, I just wish your opa or your grandma could see how far you've come, you know? Um, Cause mm-hmm. I struggled with a lot of shit early in my life. I was not in a good place early in my life. I know my opa was really worried about me. like the path I was headed down um, mm-hmm. with mental health and, and I don't know, um, mental health um, issues run in our family. So I think he was worried about me there. And when I was a teenager in my early twenties, I just, was a shit bag. You know, I'm not afraid to admit that I wasn't a bad person. Like don't get, I wasn't out there causing harm to people. Right. I just wasn't doing anything with my life. And I, that's a complete 180 to what I'm doing now. So I just yeah. wish that they could see the person that I've become. And I'm sure that you would, I know you, you and I have talked about your dad a lot. And mm-hmm. That was, that was really devastating for you too, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, that sent me down a dark path yeah. for sure. I feel the same. Like, I wish my dad was here to see where I am today because I was a shitbag too for my entire 20s. I was a fucking drunk working in a bar. I mean, doing coke and mess yeah. and all kinds of shit. But I I know that I am where I am today because of him. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel that he's with me more than ever. I, I could have been dead so many times. Yeah. And I definitely have the biggest angel out there. So that's there what go. I like to think Always of looking it. over you. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck yeah. And I just love everything you just said because we we talk about this all like we're just transparent as fuck. We're gonna tell we we have nothing to hide with you no, guys. Nothing, nothing. nothing. No. So I think that, I'm, I'm that, not afraid to. Um, this is real life. This is human shit. Like I, I yeah. we both have had a really we've been through some stuff. Right. And there's no reason to hide from the person that I was. Yes. Because that what that shows is you know? change change is possible. Growth yeah. is possible. Yeah. You can, no matter what's going on in your life and the circumstances and what you're doing, there's always a way to get better. Recovery yeah. is possible. If you have addiction problems, change is always possible. Okay. Mm-hmm. When you're, as long as you are alive and breathing, it can always get better. It can yeah. always get better. And there's that term, you're only as sick as your secrets. It's true. Like if I was to hide a lot of that stuff with the person, like if I never told anyone that I was an alcoholic or mm-hmm. I, no one ever knew any of the stuff about me, mm-hmm. I would think about that constantly. I would, that, that would, I would be a sham. Yeah. Like, you're the, an imposter. The, truly. Yeah. I, this is who I am. And you know, we should just do an episode like um, airing our dirty laundry episode. Like <laughs> this yeah. is all the stupid. I mean, uh, like, you know, all the struggle, but, but if you're listening and you want paid attention to us any, for any amount of time, you already know, like a lot of our past and everything. Yeah. So. No one's perfect. No, no one is perfect. We all have something and a skeleton or whatever you call it. My skeletons, I just, I share. We choose to address them and, 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 and acknowledge them. Yes. I did that fucked up thing. I did that stupid thing, mm-hmm. but guess what? I don't do that anymore. I learned from yeah. my mistakes and that's and what it's, it's about. And we're not like, like you said, we're not bad people. We just did some fucked up shit that could have killed us. Yes. Ourselves or somebody else. Like so, was, I, I talked about this yesterday. You know, my turning point for me was when I got my DUI. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I just got pulled over. Nothing bad happened. But that was my fucking wake up call. Literally the next day, I changed my entire fucking life. I dropped all the friends I was hanging out with because they were wow. negative influence on me. And I, I enrolled back in school. And from that point forward, like, wow, that was my turning point. That was my rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought about it. And it's the same thing for you, right? I remember, actually, I'm going to get a little deep here. 
I remember yeah. um, when I got my DUI and my son was like six months old or a year old or something at the time. He No, he was like a year and a half old, actually, because it was summer of 2011, I think. I don't mm-hmm. know. Anyway, he was very young. He was too, too young to even realize what was going on. But when I came home, when my mom picked me up from jail that night, because I was living with my parents at the time, I just got kicked out of my my house with my buddy in, in mm-hmm. this town because we were just partying all the time. Yeah. Um, I remember looking over at my son at like four o'clock in the morning, still drunk, of course, because my DUI and just crying and breaking down, like feeling the, uh, the, like the biggest fucking failure. Right. And so I made a promise to myself at that time, like, I am never going to let him down again, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the point for me. Yeah. Damn it. Okay. Next question. <laughs> well, you're doing good, Matt. Thank you. So are you. So are you. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you didn't get a DUI and, and hurt. Or I'm glad you didn't. I'm sorry. I'm glad you I'm didn't. Glad I got hurt, to do I'm glad you stopped that. then. That's what I meant. And that yeah, you didn't hurt sure. anyone or anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was that's kind of my turning point, except I didn't get a DUI. I should have. When I drove yeah. home, my two kids drunk and came immediately walked in the door and was puking on my anniversary of my fucking wedding. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember any of it. That, yeah. that was it for me. I was like, I could have killed my son and my stepdaughter or myself and, or somebody else. So, yeah. And that, yeah. The, that's some of the unspeakables right there. So we got lucky. So I know not everybody do, is that lucky. Yeah. But, um, we, we did get lucky and we did not take advantage of that situation. Um, that opportunity that was presented to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, All right. Want to do one more? Yep. Okay. Um, this is a good one. I don't understand how to heal my relationship with food. Can you enlighten me? Ooh, I love this. Yes. Yes. I love yes. It. Tricky one. It is a tricky one because this this is a process. And I know for me, it's not something that happens overnight. So I would think, you know, first, there's no such thing as a good and bad food. We have to stop looking at food as like good or bad. Yeah. And we have to start looking at food as, okay, this is more nutritious. This has more micronutrients. And this is like a fun, a fun food, right? Mm -hmm. Food is a part of like celebration and family and tradition. And it also, you know, food is for health too. There's, but you need to include foods, all foods in your life without guilt. Yeah. It's, it's a hard process. And what I think a good place to start is some practical advice we can give to people. What I want you to do, get a pen and paper when you're able to do so and start a list. I want you to write down all of the food rules that you have. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what's a food rule? Well, food rule is like, Oh, I can't eat after 8 PM. I can't eat breakfast. Fruit makes me fat. I can't eat fruit. Even though I love fruit, I can't eat it because it's bad for me. That's a food rule. Processed food is bad. That's a food rule. So we need to confront ourselves with these food rules. So take, make a list, write down every single food rule that you can think of. Now we're confronting those food rules and then ask yourself, why, (laughs) why is this a food? Like, why do I believe this? Why, why is fruit bad for me? Okay. So we need to start asking ourselves these questions. So we need to tackle those food rules is, is where I would start. Yeah. Yeah. Food rules and exposure therapy. I'm doing a, I'm doing a, um, October candy challenge. Yeah. And it's kind of like healing your healing, your relationship with food challenge, including candy at every meal of whatever you want to call it, mini size for the holiday, whatever Halloween. The fun so size. What, ha- what, what <laughs> I find that people, what happens is, is people will restrict, restrict, restrict the Halloween candy. And then when the time comes, they're fucking eat the whole bag right yeah and then literally the cycle continues until december throughout uh, thanksgiving and christmas and all that stuff and really like learning how to incorporate those foods so they're not on a pedestal anymore because when you think that they're bad you're like i can't have it i can't have it it's bad it's bad 
then you want it even more. But if you're continuously letting yourself have it because you know it's okay, it doesn't become so up here on a pedestal anymore. Before yeah. you know it, you're not even going to want it. You I know for me, food every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's like for me, I, I'm not personally going to be doing the candy challenge, A, because I have a healthy relationship with food. I don't go crazy on Halloween candy because I have practiced this exposure therapy. I know right. I can have candy at any time if I want it. I don't binge out on Halloween candy because I allow myself this shit. It's so always this in is, the house. Yeah. This is for people. I, my husband has Reese's peanut butter. Cu- I mean, it's everywhere. I don't care anymore. It doesn't bother me. Yeah. But for some people, they can't have it around because they say they can't. They can't stop. I can't, can't. But we have to reframe that as well. You can. Yeah. Absolutely. I had a cookie last night for dessert. One cookie. You might Mm -hmm. be listening to yourself or you might be hearing this right now thinking, how the fuck can you only have one? Well, what Beth was just talking about. I had, I had dinner, which was a big ass salad. And then I had a cookie afterwards for dessert, one pumpkin spice cookie. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was phenomenal. And I stopped because I was like, yeah, that hit the spot. That was good. I don't need any more because I know it's always there. I can always have it. if I Yeah. Yeah. And also I think another thing to practice is eating those things slowly and actually really enjoying Mindfully. them. I yeah. think a lot of people shove, will shove that cookie in their mouth, not even enjoying it and then just grab another one. Bites and swallow. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, actually fucking taste it. <laughs> yes. So this is actually a really good mindful eating practice. So let's, mm-hmm. if you don't, let's do a couple of minutes on this. Um, yeah. We're, so we're doing our mindful eating group coaching program. And this is one of the first things we have them, the raisin meditation. So you, mm-hmm. you literally take one raisin and this could be any food. Okay. It could be yep. a cookie, anything, one raisin. And I want you to just take that raisin and to sit with it, sit it with it in, in your hands, roll it in between mm-hmm. your fingers, feel the textures. Okay. Smell it. You know, what does it look like? What does it taste like? What does it smell like? What, what textures is it giving you? How's it making you feel? And then you eat that one raisin, just one raisin. And then you do the whole, everything again. What is, what does this taste like? What are the textures? And you take your time eating that one raisin and that's mindfulness. You're increasing your awareness. And that's, that's a, that's a problem for a lot of people. We're just shoving cookies down our face, two, three, yeah. four, five at a time. And next thing you know, we have an entire fucking package of Oreos down and you don't even remember eating it. Right. Yeah. So you need, need to slow down. I guarantee slow you. Slow down. It's a practice. You're not going to be good at it at first. It might seem weird. It might seem awkward, but mm-hmm. I get, it's a skill. You need to practice it as with anything. Okay. Yeah. It's going to feel awkward and uncomfortable at first. Like I look like a psychopath. I'm just sitting here staring at one raisin. Well, there's a reason for that. You know, you'd have to slow give me something else. Fuck, down. Fuck, fuck raisins. I'd have to have something else in my hand. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I don't know the last time I had raisins other than like, if it was in a salad or something. <sighs> You, that's that that does it for you huh you're not a raisin fan yeah i'm done yeah <laughs> fuck raisin what about oatmeal raisin cookies do you like those no 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 i can't oh, i can't God. have raisins yeah got it got it <laughs> you can't you don't like yeah. raisins but you know i don't see you here telling people that raisin to avoid ra- raisins there's a reason for that <laughs> <laughs> actually my son I'm making him his own trail mix because we don't do raisins here so <laughs> uh-huh. not no nobody in the family that likes raisins huh that's an not really great. Not, not really. Mm-hmm. In the Farako family. Yeah. Fuck raisins. Okay. Um, but <laughs> Love it. Well, people throw that shit in everything. I'm like, why are you putting raisins in my, my stuffing? No one wants raisins in their fucking stuffing. Nobody. I don't think. Why are don't you putting ra- raisins in my chicken fucking salad? Oh, I like it. 
You I do? Like, I like the raisins in the chicken salad. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, Matt. No. <laughs> I'm on. I'm on the dark <laughs> side on this one. <laughs> uh, all right, you guys. That was awesome. That was that fun. Was awesome. We got to do more of these. Let us know. Okay. Yeah. And Let us know send, if you like send us these. Some comments, uh, messages, email us. People. More people have been emailing us, and I've been thinking we should do like a segment where we start answering, reading people's emails um, yeah. back. And just talking about them like at the end of a segment. There's some other podcasts that I listen to that do that. And I really enjoy that part. Let's do that. That sounds fun. And we have so many amazing guests. I don't know if they're going to be on by the time we release this episode, but we have Paul Salter, who's a dietitian that I hope we're going to be talking about maintenance with him. And we have Mm -hmm. a gut health um, expert. She won't call herself a gut health expert. She's a literal expert, though. She's a literal expert. So we're going to, which I'm super excited for that. And we're also having Celeste Yvonne, who wrote a book um, about alcohol. So mommy wine culture. I'm super excited to talk to her as well. Yeah. Um, Those are some powerful guests and some amazing conversations coming up. So stay tuned. Or if you've already listened to that episode, because like we said, this one's probably going to be a few weeks out. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed those episodes. Yeah, hopefully you did. It's always weird talking (laughs) about like our, like, it's that future? Like, I don't know, but yeah, I know we, we don't know when you hear, whenever you hear this, if you see them or not, uh, listen, whatever. Oh, and also check out our new website, guys. We have a new website, cut the crap pod.com. Yes. Um, and a newsletter in our newsletter. We haven't even talked about the fucking newsletter. We have a newsletter. Y'all Fuck, we have so much shit going on. Okay. Yeah. So go to our website, cut the crap pod.com subscribe to our newsletter. It's fucking free. Um, mm-hmm. we give you new tips. Um, there we do, we kind of expand on more concepts from the, from the, uh, podcast uh, episode of that week. And yeah, it's free. Go yep. join it. It's free. All right. All right, y'all. Bye. Bye. Hope you enjoyed this episode. So why not share it with a friend who needs to hear it? Send us a DM on Instagram or email us at cutthecrappod at gmail.com and join our Patreon at patreon.com slash cutthecrappodcast. As always, we appreciate you and thanks for being here.